dearest listener, and welcome to episode 7 of Learning Not to Hate Yourself. My name is John Lewick. Thank you for joining me once again today. Uh, recording this on February 2nd, 2017. Doing it a little bit earlier than it's actually going to be posted, just because I know I'm not going to have time uh, this weekend to actually sit down, record the podcast same day, and edit it all together, and then throw it up. So I figured while I have the time, uh, I'll sit down and just, just knock this one out. It's just me again this week, no guest. Um, again, couldn't really line it up, and for this particular episode, I didn't really feel like having anybody else on. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a different uh, episode, which I think I've said that probably at the beginning of every episode. Because <laughs> uh, again, we still don't have our format down. We kind of have an idea of what this show is, kind of don't. Um, just trying to to figure that all out. But t- today is a little bit different and a little more special. And uh, I wouldn't blame you for not listening to this one all the way through. It's going to be a bit of a downer. Um, in the light of in light of things that have been going on in the past couple of weeks, um, it just didn't didn't feel right to do a traditional episode. I'm not going to talk about video games. I'm not going to talk about a movie I watched or anime or Dungeons and Dragons. I'm not going to watch an episode of Two Broke Girls because uh, I just, I, I don't have it in me to do those things right now. That's not where my mind is. That's not where my head's at. And I can't in all good conscience sit here and talk to you about things that don't really matter when there are things that absolutely matter happening around me. Things that don't directly affect me in any way because, well, my life just doesn't intersect with these things, but things that I still care deeply about and am very passionate about. So lower your expectations if you're hoping for another, I won't say another, if you were hoping for a more lighthearted, funny podcast, um, this ain't it. You can you can find that somewhere else on the internet. There's lots of those out there. Uh, we're I've got three topics to discuss today. We're gonna start with um, I don't even I don't even know how to get into it. Uh, the tragedy that took place in Quebec uh, this past Sunday, where 27 year old Alexandre Bizonnet uh, walked into a mosque in Quebec City and opened fired on innocent people, uh, killing six, wounding, I've heard reports anywhere from 19 to 25. Uh, part, part of the reason I didn't, I have trouble talking about this is just because some of the news is still fresh. Um, so not all the details I'm finding are consistent through the different venues that I've been going through, but um, we know for sure six people uh, were killed in this attack. Um, there was only one gunman. As far as we can tell right now, he was acting alone. Still calling it a terrorist attack, though, um, because that is undoubtedly, undoubtedly what it is. Uh, I, uh, I can't. Uh, I, I have a hard time putting it into words how I feel, uh, and I'm sure a lot of Canadians feel that same way right now because this is a. A national tragedy that is becoming all too common. Um, shootings in Canada are nowhere near as common as they are in the United States or many other parts of the world. Uh, we like to believe that we're much. I don't. I don't want to say better. I'm. We we like to believe. I think most of the time that 
Canada is a very different place. And I think the world views us that way too. And when things like this happen, it becomes a reality that we're not used to or comfortable with. And it's not something we should be comfortable with. It's not something we should be complacent about. Um, It's something that we should actively strive to continue to avoid. And it should make us uncomfortable. It should make us sad. And it should hurt us. And we should feel all those things collectively as a country. And I hope that we do. I'm worried that some of us don't. I'm worried that in light of everything else that's going on right now, this seems to fall in line with those other things. And that is a tragedy in and of itself. In that while it is shocking and horrifying and terrible and sad, it is not unexpected by anyone who would be capable of looking at the world as a whole as our country as a whole and seeing the kind of rhetoric and the kind of marginalization and hatred that spews through various outlets be they traditional media social media radio programs sitting down at dinner with friends Uh, our country is not as squeaky clean and golden as we would like to believe it is sometimes. Hatred and tolerance exist in Canada to an unacceptable degree and they will continue to exist so long as as we kind of continue to go down the path that we are. Um, I I don't want to be the like really kind of traditional, oh, our hearts and minds and our prayers go out to the families and all that. And of course they do. Of course we all feel for those people who have had that kind of loss. Uh, But prayers don't solve issues, unfortunately. And I'm not, I'm trying really hard not to be one of those people who is complacent with this kind of act. Uh, But at the same time, I am lost and I do not know what I can do about it. And I haven't felt quite this bad about the state of the world in a long time. I think it's just because all these things kind of hit at once and we'll get into the other stuff later, which you already might know what (laughs) what else is happening in the world. Uh, And maybe you're feeling the same things. Maybe you're not. I don't know. I just, I don't have, I don't have words for it. I don't think I didn't really go into this prepared. I just kind of, I kind of felt the need to do it. I, I don't have any other outlet than the podcast to, to voice this, but I'm also, I'm also not well versed enough in the things that are going on to be the voice of reason that I want. I'm, I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for someone else whose opinions and intelligence I respect to come along and put into words the things that I feel that I don't have the words for. And that hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if it's going to happen. Because unfortunately from what I've seen, not many people outside of Canadian media are talking about this kind of thing. Uh, well, not this kind of thing, this this act that happened. Uh, and that also worries me that the rest of the world, I won't say the rest of the world, people in France uh, they, they are reacting to this. Um, which if you're not Canadian and you don't know that much about Quebec, 
Uh, Quebec is a, a province in Canada that's a little bit different than the others in that it has a... They are... The, a lot of people think, oh, all of Canada is bilingual and we all speak French. And it's like, well, that's kind of true and kind of not true. Yes, all of Canada is bilingual and uh, French is our second language. Uh, Quebec is where that is most prominent. It has the largest French-speaking community, uh, Quebecois. Uh, and it is mostly... <laughs> French is actually mostly a primary language there, and, and English is kind of secondary. And it's the only province in Canada that really, in that vast of a territory, that does that. Um, here in Winnipeg, we have a pretty big French-speaking community. And I'm sure those people are really... Uh, feeling this as well because it's going to hit home for them a lot harder than it might for some of us uh, not as hard as it will for our Muslim community which again we have a very large Muslim community here in Winnipeg we're a pretty diverse group um, centrally located in Canada so we get all types and I, I can't even I can't even imagine uh, what it's like to be I've tried to think about what it would like to be someone my age or even younger a um, young man um, of the Muslim faith and have to listen to these things happen around you um, and see how it affects your community and your outlook on pretty much this entire country. And I just, I, I can't ever put myself in those shoes because I can't know what that's like. I don't imagine that it's very good though because I am in almost no way directly affected by this tragedy uh, other than my empathy and I still feel like shit. So I can't even imagine if you do have a tie to it, a direct tie to it, that what you must be feeling is monumentally different than what I feel. And if you're out there listening to the podcast, which is highly unlikely, but if you are, I would love to hear from you and I would love to talk to you about this um, because I need that perspective. And it's not a perspective I've been seeing a lot uh, online or on TV, which is a shame. Uh, I, I would like to talk to the youth in the Muslim community about this kind of thing and what their thoughts and feelings are on it because that would be interesting to me and hopefully a little bit enlightening. Um, I don't know much that, that much about the Muslim faith, honestly. Um, I would like to know more and I have a feeling inside me that I, I should... I should do more research on it. I know a lot about different religions, not so not so much Islam. Uh, I, I should probably read the Quran. I should go to the library and rent a copy of the Quran or just find one and read it in the library because it's easy to hear what everyone else says about that book, but it's much different to actually read it. The same way it is for any book or any religious text. Uh, the Bible is very different when you actually sit down and read it than when you hear people quoting scripture uh, and I have read it just out of curiosity but never the Quran and I should do that and I will do that I will try to do that I'm trying not to make guarantees because I often fail at those things uh, and this is important so I shouldn't make any promises that I can't keep but it would be an easy thing for me to do and I should do it so I will do my best to do that yeah I don't know what else to say Again, I'm not the person to go for insights on this kind of thing. Um, it, it's been interesting watching the aftermath, uh, just in, in the view of politics and everything that's going on in the world, how some people are latching onto this and using it as a platform for their own message, which is disgusting, but that's the way people work with tragedy. Uh, that's always what happens. 
someone will always find a way to push their political agenda onto um, the backs of grieving loved ones. <laughs> and it's disgusting, but that's what politics is. Um, the amount of misinformation that was going out there, the report, the early reports of there being two um, gunmen, uh, Fox News <laughs> had to take down their tweet because the prime minister's office asked them to, which that's that shouldn't have to happen, but it does, and it did, and that's a downer. Uh, but at least they took it down and apologized for it. I mean, it was a very short apology on Twitter. It wasn't like something they aired, which they should have done. But there again, their audience probably doesn't care very much about what the Prime Minister of Canada has to say about what their views are. That's depressing. This whole podcast is going to be really, uh, like, I'm not in a good mood, you guys, so that's going to be reflected in the content here. Um, And again, I apologize about that, but this is what needs to happen for me right now, so you're just going to have to bear with me. This podcast is primarily for me anyway, so, you know, you guys are kind of secondary. (laughs) Don't take that personally, though. If you do take it personally, you should start your own podcast, an anti-learning-not-to-hate-yourself podcast, and just, you know, really tear me a new one. I've earned it. Uh, uh, I read a thing that said they might not be going for a terrorist charge on this one just because he was acting, as far as we know, um, alone, a lone wolf, which would make the terrorism charge not make much sense. I mean, from a legal standpoint, it wouldn't make much sense uh, just because it wouldn't add anything to the sentence because he's already being charged with six counts of murder, um, first-degree murder, and then five counts of uh, attempted murder. So penalty, maximum penalty, I think, would be, well, life in prison, but a more realistic uh, maybe 150 years before parole, which is still basically life in prison. Uh, the last major shooting, I think, that happened in Canada, a guy killed three RCMP officers. I forget his name. Um, but I think he got like 75 years before eligibility for parole, which is the harshest punishment dealt out in a Canadian court since we abolished the death sentence, uh, which is a, I don't know, it's not relevant really. It's just a fact I have in my head for some reason. Uh, I must have read it somewhere when I was doing research for this. The very little amount of research that I actually did. I find it not interesting, but, well, it is interesting, I guess. The whole thing is interesting in a morbid way. Uh, But usually when these kind of things happen, it's very rarely do we catch the guy in, in that usually it ends in them dying or committing suicide. But this time we have the suspect in custody. We pretty well, I mean, we know it was him. Um, there's no question about that. And now we have him in custody and we can ask him questions and we can interrogate him. And maybe we can get useful information. It won't be information that helps really helps us prevent this kind of thing from happening again. And it will happen again. I'm 100% certain of that. Uh, it, it might not be against... Islamic community, it might not be against a minority, it might just be another shooting but it's going to happen again because statistically um, it just has to and I don't know what the answer for that is is it stricter gun laws? Maybe that's a part of it certainly Uh, 
but Canada, we already have fairly strict gun laws, uh, certainly stricter than other countries, westernized countries. Um, I mean, we have laxer gun laws than some and still manage to have as few shootings as we do comparatively to the rest of the world. Still too many for my liking and, and probably too many for everyone's liking, uh, considering one is too many. And who knows, uh, you know, would it have made a difference? Would he found another way to get firearms? Um, impossible to say, and speculation that doesn't do much good in this conversation. Uh, it's just me running through the thoughts in my head, not really, not really expecting to come up with the answer for this. Like I said before, Canada thinks of itself as this very tolerant, inclusive place, and I'm sure to some degree we are but we also seem very willing to kind of ignore the parts where we're not. Um, And in places like Quebec, where you have pretty vocal right-leaning groups that that are seemingly very willing to tout intolerance and bigotry and all the things that we don't think of when we think of what it means to be a Canadian... um, they seem very ready to defend those ideals and thankfully in my life I don't have anybody like that I don't have I don't know people in my my kind of peer group that uh, have those kind of views I certainly have friends that are more right-leaning than I am that are more conservative than I am uh, but none of them would ever <laughs> would ever have thoughts like these uh, they're all pretty inclusive people who are willing to let other people live their lives the way they choose so long as they're not doing harm to anyone else. Uh, and again, I'd like to talk to some people who do have pretty strong views about immigration and the integration of migrant communities and minorities and all those things. Because I just don't, I don't have those conversations with my friends because none of my friends have those opinions. And I wouldn't want friends who have those opinions, but I would like to have constructive conversations with people who have those opinions because I think I could understand it better if I could see where it comes from. If I see how you get to that point where that aggression and that intolerance lies inside of a human being, that would be that would be an interesting way to spend my time, I guess, searching for that kind of thing. And that's what uh, I think that's what this podcast is about is about humanity and the human condition and our experience in life. It doesn't seem like that sometimes. Sometimes this podcast seems like it's about really dumb shit, like TV shows that I hate and video games. Those things are part of my humanity. (laughs) They're part of what makes me a person. So they're inevitably reflected in the podcast. But they are not the things that define this podcast. I'm trying to be as flexible as I can. Take the punches as they come. So let's move on, I guess, um, to more depressing news. I'm trying to think which one should come next. Uh, okay, let's do the immigration ban. And you can call it whatever you want. It is what it is. So Donald Trump, President of the United States, in his first two or three weeks in office, I haven't been keeping track. Honestly, guys, I've been on a media blackout pretty much since the election <laughs> ended. Uh, I have been doing my best to just avoid this as best I can because it's just been too much. I've been too depressed and just too overwhelmed with literally everything that's going on in the world that I have, 
I've tried as hard as I can to just shut off the news. I haven't read a newspaper in weeks, uh, probably a month or two when I think about it. Um, and I've been doing my best to just not pay attention to this, but I cannot do that anymore. Um, my, my hand is being forced here and I'm now back in it. I'm back on the regular news cycle. Still haven't read a newspaper, but I barely read newspapers anyway, so that's not unusual. Uh, but I'm, I'm paying attention again and I don't know how to feel about that because it sucks all the time. There's, there's never any, (laughs) there's never any point the day when I'm watching the news where I'm like, oh boy, I'm glad I, I'm paying attention to this. But also I realize it's a necessary evil. Um, because ignorance is the birthplace of intolerance and the birthplace of hatred and all of the bad things that I'm fighting against. So willful, willful ignorance is not part of who I am and I, I can't pretend that it is. Um, so, uh, what is, what is the immigration ban really? Um, so he has suspended the entire, uh, U.S. refugee admission system for 120 days, suspended the Syrian refugee program indefinitely, which can't even fathom, uh, banned entry from seven majority Muslim countries, Iran, Iraq, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, Syria, and Yemen, temporarily banned entry of dual nationals who are from those seven countries, prioritized refugee claims on the basis of religious persecution, specifically Christians, which he has stated, and lowered the total number of refugees to be accepted from any country in 2017 to 50,000 from 110,000. So, cut it more than in half. What does that all mean? It means everything is chaos now. Uh, Stranding tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people uh, in a weird legal limbo where they are fleeing or trying to get out of or trying to move to a better place from an awful place or a place that is less desirable and now don't have that option and have actively been turned away or arrested and deported and are trapped in airports because they have nowhere to go. They can't go back. They can't go forward. It is one of the least well-implemented plans that I have ever seen a government in the modern age try to attempt. Uh, Everyone is confused about what exactly it means. Everyone is confused about how to enforce it, when to enforce it, and where to enforce it. And they seem to be doing nothing to kind of clarify what's happening. And by they, I mean like Donald Trump's cabinet like federal judges have been ordering stays on deportations for people with valid visas, which only qualifies for maybe 200 people. But that seems that like that's directly in opposition to a directive given by the president of the United States. Like people who are leaving their country because they've been persecuted for whatever reason, who are coming to this country or coming to the United States, not this country. I'm not from the United States. Sometimes it feels like we're closer than we actually are and then sometimes it feels like we're much farther than we actually are and I just I I can't like I can't really believe that it's happening and yet we all should have realized that it was going to happen because he said he would do it 
and there were people who voted for him and you talked to them in interviews and said, well, I'm voting for him because I don't believe he's actually going to do some of the things that he said he's going to do, which is one of the most ridiculous statements a person could make. If if you fundamentally disagreed with big policies that he's running his campaign on and you disagree with them so much that you can't even fathom that they could actually happen, why would you still vote for him? Why would that be the thing that you're like, oh yeah, that's the guy for me, is the one who I'm pr- I'm like positive is lying to me about big stuff. Like I'm pretty sure Hillary's lying to me too, but I mean at least she's trying. <laughs> and also her lies don't seem that crazy compared to these. And then he actually did it. And I want to know what those people who voted for him thinking that he wasn't going to do it are thinking or how they're reacting. There was a poll that said more than half of Americans agreed with a ban, but that poll was taken before, I think even before he was voted into office, I think it was during the election, and more than half said, yeah, let's let's do that. But I bet a lot of those people were the ones who didn't think that it was actually going to happen. And now that it has, I wonder what that same poll would say. Oh. I mean, it's just, it's such a clusterfuck. It's just confusion and chaos that is a directive from the highest office in the land. And everyone on his team is trying to spin it to make it seem like it's not one of the worst things that has happened in the last 20 years to this country. They're trying to spin it that, oh, it's not that bad. People are overreacting. Uh, you know, it's just, oh, it's just liberals, you know, getting their panties in a bunch about this thing and they need to switch off deep calf because it's not that bad and it's only for 120 days and, and completely glossing over the fact that it's completely illegal, uh, unconstitutional and that he should be impeached for even signing it or even putting it onto paper. Like, I don't understand why no one's talking about that, but I also don't understand enough about American politics to say who would enforce that. Who who stops the president from doing something that's illegal? I don't know. Congress? It doesn't seem like they're very willing to do that, considering who he's putting in there. People in the business community are freaking out. Some of the, the big proponents of this thing are like the Koch brothers and Apple and Nike and all these companies who rely on on foreign nationals to do their multi-billion dollar business, they're all like, what do you mean the person I just hired who's supposed to be running my department can't enter the country because she's from Syria? That's going to affect my bottom line, motherfucker. I'm taking you to court. How crazy would that be if Apple, the company Apple, who makes iPhones and shitty smartwatches, takes the president of the United States to federal court and uses all of their resources to try and bring down the highest office possible. That would be insane. That would be a crazy thing that couldn't possibly happen, but is seeming more and more likely with every passing day. It just... You put into office someone who has told you time and time again that he is willing to actively persecute other human beings based on their religion and now he's doing it and this is step one in that plan (laughs) 
And we're all still shocked and surprised that it happened. And we all still kind of can't believe it. I think the Western world is like, they're in shock that he won still. And we're having to play catch up now. And again, I don't know what to do about this. I thought about, I don't know, going to a protest or something. But in Winnipeg, like, A, I don't think there was one going on that I know of. There, But there probably was something. There was probably a sit-in somewhere. Uh, but I don't imagine it was very big. And and what would that accomplish? That's my big, that's always my big issue with protests. I don't see much of a value in them most of the time. I think there are definitely times when you should be on the streets banging drums and and making sure that your voice is loud and heard. But I also think that there are a lot of times where that energy is better spent doing something proactive and more substantial. But I don't know what those things are in this case. I really don't. I don't know what I could do. I don't know who I could write to. I don't know who I could send money to. If any of you out there have answers, dearest listeners, if you if you if you know of an organization that I could support somehow, either financially or through promotion on this podcast to the dozen of people that listen every two weeks, um, by all means, send me that information, and I will gladly, I will gladly use this platform to to support them <laughs> in any way I can, because uh, again, I've more than anything I'm feeling at a loss for what to do next because I really don't know how to solve any of these issues be that personally or as like a larger how we as the royal we how we solve these issues I hope it's through education and hard work because I think we can do that I'm worried that's not enough anymore though because ignorance and intolerance have become the things that we hoist up above our heads and say look at this look at how great this is we used to stand for stuff, man. We didn't used to be so afraid of intelligence and so afraid of knowledge and truth. And now we're complacent and we've allowed this to happen. And we'll probably continue to allow this to happen for a while. And by the time we stop allowing it to happen, it's probably going to be too late. It's like the, the sum of all fears, man. It's right here. This is it. This is every, this is all of my nightmares are coming to fruition in a single week and it's just so overwhelming and all I can do is sit here and talk into a microphone and maybe somebody will listen to it and maybe they'll feel the same way that I do and maybe they'll reach out to me and tell me that they feel the same way that I do and maybe that'll make me feel a little bit better probably not though at this point it probably won't be enough to just have solidarity with someone else I'm angry about things and I have no outlet for that and I feel like I should be on the street lighting cars on fire and smashing windows but I also understand that those things don't solve anything in fact they actively make things worse if you're one of those people that goes out and like gets really mad and drunk maybe and starts smashing the windows of small businesses as an anarchist that's you're you're the problem you're why these things are happening you're not helping and please stop doing those things and start being smarter and taking that energy and putting it towards something that actively makes a difference in anyone's life even if it's not on a major scale if you can make a difference in one person's life with that amount of focus that you would need to do or need to have to go out and and do the terrible illegal things you are planning to do that would be better served doing 
something of value to anyone. And it doesn't even have to be anything political. Go help your friend move. Go, I don't know, make make something. <laughs> Do literally anything of societal value. That's all I'm asking. And I'm not one to talk. I don't do that either. I'm a, like, I lock myself in my room and play video games all day. And then I go to work. I don't volunteer anymore. I don't do anything of real value to anyone. That sucks. But maybe I can change that. Maybe this is the kick in the pants I need to make a better John for a better, a better John for a better world. Can't even make a good podcast. Oh, well. (sighs) Last topic. Um... This is what started off my whole kind of anger thing. And then the other two things that are much more kind of, I don't want to say more important. They're more aggressive in their sadness. The shooting at the mosque is a complete tragedy. Loss of life, absolutely horrible. Just the deplorable nature of of what happened. What was done to those people. What was done to that community. And then the thousands and thousands of people who have now been displaced from any kind of normalcy of life and have found themselves in a legal limbo that will take decades to fix if we ever get that far. Just the the feeling of despondency when I think about all of those people collectively and how there's no direct connection between what happened in that mosque and and what's been going on politically in the United States and in Canada and, and the rest of the world as far as Islamophobia goes, but it's also impossible to ignore the kind of connection that does seem to exist there. And that's deeply saddening to me. Uh, But the third thing, so the Trump administration has been ordering members of organizations like the EPA, CDC, NASA the National Park Service, and I want to say a dozen or so other government science programs or initiatives, organizations, I guess. I'm not sure what officially you would call them. have been ordering them to not talk about their research and not release their findings to the public and only go through vetted government-appointed officials who will then say what can and cannot be said and what is okay to publish and not publish in a way that hasn't been done, I think, ever. Like the Obama administration also did something kind of like this where they, it's not as aggressive and not as blatant, but they were very secretive about the information coming out of these programs that were looking at things like climate change. Um, Mainly climate change is the big one. Because you now have a president who doesn't believe in climate change, believes it's a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese government for some reason, and that vaccinations are causing deformations and Asperger's. It's like now he's got his tiny little hands around the government organizations that are supposed to be completely nonpartisan and looking for facts and the truth and doing actual real science that's important, like really, really, really important to everyone on the planet. <laughs> like the the work that the EPA does is super, 
super critical to what is happening to our world and to us as a species and really our last line of defense for what is coming and what could happen if we don't start actively making changes to what we're doing. And if you try and silence that, which is what they're doing, they're not trying to do it, they are doing it. I mean, I think on like one of the episodes I did with Chelsea, executive producer of this podcast, Chelsea Martin, like I expressly talked about how this exact scenario was one of my greatest fears and now it's happening and even I can't believe it climate change is not a theory it's a proven fact it is happening it's going to continue to happen there's nothing we can really do to stop it at this point we can mitigate it we might be able to make it less terrible we might be able to make the planet still inhabitable inhabitable in you know 25 30 years but stuff is going to happen sea levels are rising acidity levels in in the ocean is rising Carbon dioxide in the air, atmosphere, the ozone layer seems to be getting a little bit better, but not because of anything we're doing, (laughs) probably. (laughs) More extreme weather patterns are going to become more common in more areas. We're going to have, like you think, this immigration crisis is bad. Imagine when Saudi Arabia becomes uninhabitable because the average temperature is 180 degrees. And will literally kill anyone who lives there during the summer months. Let's have a mass migration of most of the Eastern world and see what happens to our immigration policy and how many immigrants we're allowing in the country when we physically run out of space to put human beings. Let's see how that affects the economy. Let's see how that affects world trade and oil prices and the cost of a gallon of milk. Fucking idiots. I can tolerate a lot of stupid things. I cannot tolerate willful ignorance of the death of your species, which is what this is, or what it could be at least. Only The only positive note out of this is that the people at these different organizations have not taken it lying down, um, and that's good for them because I'm sure they're all very fearful for their jobs and the futures of their careers and how they're going to put food on the table for their families. Um, but instead of just recoiling in terror at what's going on, we now have things like the rogue NASA Twitter account, which is fucking awesome for me to be a follower of a thing called rogue NASA. That's the most badass thing you could think of. I can't, I can't come up with anything cooler than that. Rogue NASA? Are you kidding me? That's fucking amazing. I mean, it sucks that it had to happen in like such a terrible way, but the concept of rogue NASA... That sounds like a like a supervillain group. Rogue NASA? They just oh, we just secretly sent stuff to Mars. We just set up a base there and now we're Rogue NASA. I dare you to try and stop Rogue NASA. You can't do it. They're too shifty. They're too cool. I'm trying to be lighthearted about this because people always say, you know, comedy and brevity make terrible tragedies a little bit better. Um, but I'm having a real hard time doing it. <sighs> and the head of the e- the new head of the EPA, like the guy from the government side who's controlling it, is like an oil baron who is a climate change denier. That's probably not going to affect like the narrative of the information coming out of that organization from here on, right? Because he seems like a fair and balanced kind of guy who would like you know 
just kind of let the science be the science and the facts be the facts. I get that being totally impartial about things is nearly impossible because we all have opinions and views and life experiences that reflect how we think about the world and the way things work. But at the end of the day, also, we should be able to subjectively look at things that are true, that we know to be the truth, and just say, well, my opinion, though it differs from this, maybe I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong in this case because there's too much empirical evidence that proves that. But that's not how humans work. We're going to hold on to our fucking ideals until it kills us, literally this time. I don't know, man. I'm fucking sad and bummed out, and I I can't do this anymore. So that's it for me, I think. Uh, sorry about all this. I know this was kind of just a ranty, like totally disorganized mess. I might not even put this one up. I'm going to listen back to some of it, and I'm sure it sounds fucking crazy. It's not going to go up tonight because I'm not going to have time to edit it. It'll go up probably same schedule on the weekend, hopefully. I'll have an hour or two free to kind of do that. But yeah, fight the good fight. Tell the people you love that you love them. Try and be a better person and lend a hand to people who need it. I'm signing out. Uh, Have a good night and... And be safe. Teacher thinks that I sound funny, but she likes the way you sing. Tonight I'll dream while I'm in bed when silly thoughts go through my head about the bugs and alphabet. When I wake tomorrow, I'll bet that you and I will walk together again. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends.